0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Saturday, March 6th, and uh, we're in the heat of it, man. It is tax season. So here's the cool thing. We got a super duper awesome sponsor of this episode, H&R Block, and they've got all of your tax needs covered. They've got experts who've got an average of 10 years experience. It means they've seen it all. H&R Block can help you get the credits and the deductions that you deserve. They've got a lot of tax pros there. They'll do your taxes for you. You can walk into a local office if you don't want to do face to face, not a problem. Drop off the documents, send them a picture of your documents. They can do all the rest. All you have to do is review and approve things online. Bottom line, H&R Block is going to help you get your taxes done with or without the office visit this year. Go to HRBlock.com. Remember, Block has your back. And boy, do they ever, because when we found out that they were sponsoring the pod, I said, do you have anyone we could talk to about a few things going on in tax season? So, you know, we did these great episodes about taxes, but I wanted someone from H&R Block who could speak directly to a question that so many of you have been asking us. It is about how you get the money you think you deserve from last year's stimulus. So from that $1,200 last year, and then there was another round that was passed in December that got paid out in January of $600. Now there's a new plan coming out. So you want to make sure you get this done. So it was very kind of the folks at H&R Block. They provided us with an expert, Kathy Pickering, who is their chief tax officer. How about that? The head honcho, hanchess. So we are so happy that she's able to join us. Here is my interview with Kathy Pickering of H and R Block. You are the chief tax officer at H and R Block. That's kind of that's like a big time title. So what do you do all day long? What what does that mean?
1: <laughs> well, as the chief tax officer for H and R Block. I lead a team of experts on taxes. So it's a group of tax attorneys, CPAs, enrolled agents, and we have three key functions. One, we're watching all of the legislation and regulations and helping the company implement that. So that's helping to advise on the training for our tax preparers, providing the tax requirements to our software product developers also providing support to our frontline tax preparers as they're writing tax returns and they'll get into a specific question about hey you know what does this mean i don't know how to apply it in this particular set of circumstances we'll do the research and provide them with the guidance of, hey, here's how to apply the rules in this situation. The second thing is we manage the relationships with the IRS and the state departments of revenues. We talk with them regularly. How is e-filing going? Is everything working smoothly? And then the other thing we do is just watch the trends so that we can provide the thought leadership on what we're seeing, how things are changing through the season, the kinds of questions people have. So for a tax nerd, it's a really fun job.
0: Okay, here's my question. How did you first learn that you were a tax nerd?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. I don't know that too many people are born into this. I actually started in a very different role with H&R Block. I was in their IT department. So I kind of worked my way through uh, operations and e-filing. I held different roles in different parts of the business units. And then they gave me this opportunity. And when you work for H&R Block, you want to be a tax nerd. This is like the best place in the company to be.
0: Are you yourself a CPA?
1: I'm an enrolled agent.
0: And what's the difference between those two?
1: So an enrolled agent is someone who has gone through specific training and examinations, uh, both on tax competency for individual and business, and then ability to represent clients before the IRS. It's a special designation that's given by the IRS.
0: Okay, so... Let's talk about this tax season, because I'm sure that you and all of the folks at H&R Block, as well as me and Mark, we have all been inundated with lots of questions because last year was such a crazy year. I just want to be clear, and I would love for you to just frame this, that stimulus payments, if you got the $1,200 or a few hundred bucks for your uh, kids, those stimulus payments, they are not taxable income. However, there's a lot of people who say, I don't think I got the right amount, or I had a baby born in the year, or the IRS screwed it up. What do those folks need to know about this tax filing season? Because already those payments were last year.
1: Jill, that is the question of the season. Everybody's really trying to understand the recovery rebate credit and how does it work and what does it mean on your tax return? So first things first, there was the uh, first stimulus payment that was made in the springtime. The second stimulus payment was made um, at the end of December. And those were technically advanced payments of the recovery rebate credit that is claimed on the tax returns that people are filing right now. So if you didn't get everything that you thought you were entitled to either for the first or the second stimulus, now is the time to reconcile that and get whatever else you might be owed. Um, The key reasons that people didn't get Um, the full amount of their stimulus payments, there's there's really three categories. The first, which you mentioned, is your life changed. You had a baby. Maybe you adopted a child. Maybe you fostered a child. There's no way the IRS would have known about that until now. So that's a perfect reason to um, reconcile that on your tax return. Additionally, you were not able to claim the stimulus if you were claimed- as a dependent on your parents' return, so if in 2020 you became independent and you're no longer eligible to be claimed on your parents' return, as example, you would now be filing for the first time yourself. You'd be able to claim the recovery rebate credit, and that can be a lot of money, right? $1,200 for the first, $600 for the second, so that can be $1,800 for somebody. The second category is if your income significantly changed because the IRS was calculating the payment amounts based on your 2019 tax return or in some cases even your 2018 tax return if they hadn't processed your 2019 return yet. And a lot of people had big income changes, you know, due to unemployment and circumstances. And so if you had a significant income change, you may be eligible for more money. And then the third category is something happened and you just straight up didn't get the payment. Maybe you moved, maybe your bank account was closed and it bounced back and those kinds of things. And so for that reason, if you didn't get the payment, you would claim it as well. Now, to your other question, those stimulus payments are not taxable. So that is very, very confusing for people. Um, You're not going to be paying taxes on the stimulus payment money that you got. And we've seen a lot of questions in certain states because sometimes at the state return level, it asks you to add the money back in. But that's for other reasons. It's not for Taxing that money. It's just to get your baseline incomes established properly.
0: I got a couple of questions towards the end of last year about the stimulus and the qualifications. And I think there was also a question about well, if I did not get a stimulus check, but I usually don't even file a return, do I now have to file a return to claim the recovery rebate credit, even though I never filed the year prior?
1: the the answer to that is yes absolutely and this has been confusing for people so for the first round of stimulus the IRS had a, a had a portal where if you didn't normally file a tax return you don't have a filing obligation you could go in and in effect just put in some very basic simple information and then you know that was technically filing a tax return, but it wasn't requiring a lot of information. And that was able to get you then into the IRS's systems so that they could calculate your stimulus payment. That said, now we're into the filing season and those first and second payments were already made. So if you didn't get those, you do need to file a tax return in order to claim that recovery rebate credit. So yes, you do need to file a tax return. There's many ways to do that. You can file online. There's free options. And if you aren't comfortable going into an office to get help. There's a lot of virtual ways that you can work with somebody to get help online. And of course, you can go in person to get help, to get that prepared. And honestly, Jill, we're seeing a lot of people in that situation. And now they're going back and filing a couple years returns just to make sure that they're getting every advantage that they're eligible for cuz sometimes they
0: find out oh they're eligible for different credits they might not have even known about mhm exactly again just to underscore that you know free file the IRS program it's available to anyone who makes less than 72 grand so in fact if you didn't file because maybe you didn't make enough money don't freak out don't freak out there are resources So we talked about how there have been questions around the stimulus and the recovery rebate credit. Great. Unemployment, though, I cannot believe how many people are incensed (laughs) that their unemployment (laughs) benefits are taxed. And I try to like be very calm. I'm like, look, here's a deal. I know it seems unfair, but it is income. You know, and the IRS has always treated unemployment as income. And, you know, maybe you're lucky enough to live in one of those 15 states where they don't tax your, on the state level, those unemployment benefits, but the government is going to tax those benefits. For a lot of people, this should not be a huge problem. Is that right?
1: This is exactly right. Especially for people who are receiving unemployment for the very first time, they may just not know, not understand that your unemployment income is taxable. And when you sign up for it, a lot of times they give you the option. Do you want to have taxes withheld? Some people are are concerned that they need as much money in their weekly checks as possible. So they opt out of that. That can be good, that can be bad, it really depends on the situation. Typically, uh, when you opt in to have taxes withheld, they withhold about 10% for your income taxes. What we're seeing is that the majority of people that are filing Tax returns with unemployment income are still getting refunds. We hear so many questions about oh my gosh, I didn't know that I needed to withhold income tax. Now I'm afraid. Now I'm afraid to to file my taxes for fear that I'm going to owe money. If I owe money, I don't know where I'm going to come up with it. And this is where we really want to encourage people if you're in this situation, like you said, don't freak out. Get the help and the advice that you need because you may not end up owing money. You're still very likely to be eligible for a refund. And you may find out that you're eligible for other tax credits that you didn't even know about. So this is really an important Mm -hmm. time if you're scared or uncertain, you wanna go and get some help.
0: Okay, question for you about refunds. What is the percentage of tax returns filed that get refunds generally? I remember it used to be like totally insane number, 80%. Is that Am I making that up or am I um, not remembering That's, this correctly?
1: Jill, that is right in the ballpark. It's around um, 85% of tax returns get a refund
0: and there's a whole host
1: of reasons for that some people um, really like to be on the safe side you know i think that's just human nature people don't like hearing from the irs and if you find out that you owe money it can be a very scary thing so a lot of people like to be very conservative in their withholdings to ensure that they always get a refund the other thing is there are so many credits In the tax code, things like the earned income tax credit, the child tax credit, the advanced child tax credit, that many people are eligible for benefits that perhaps they didn't even know about, which then gets them a refund, which, you know, sometimes is completely unexpected, but can be an absolute lifeline, especially in times like this when people are just in such Mm. financial distress.
0: What is the biggest misconception that we as taxpayers have about the IRS?
1: That is a great question. I think the biggest misconception is that the IRS is a cold, cruel, heartless institution. My my. um you know my experience in working with you know the dedicated professionals that I've had the privilege and opportunity to work with is that they're very committed they're very proud they work really hard to do the very best that they can you know they have to follow the rules they have to implement the laws and sometimes we don't like you know what what the rules say over my over my tenure of working with them i've really been impressed by the dedication and the professionalism that they've all demonstrated
0: i love their website i think they have a great website that's what i have to say about that before we let you go you come from like a tech and process background and I'm wondering um, if you wouldn't mind making the huge pitch for getting rid of paper returns altogether, and why people hear about tax frauds and you know scams and all that. But why is it better to file electronically than with paper? So
1: the fastest and most accurate way to get your taxes filed and to get your refund delivered quickly and accurately is electronically. To file your tax return electronically and request your refund via direct deposit will ensure the fastest delivery of your money. And what we see is that last year, when the IRS had to shut down so many of their campuses because of COVID, they really got backlogged in terms of paper processing. And we were hearing stories about trailers full of paper where they were just collecting the tax returns and they're still now working through that backlog of 2019 returns. So, you know, if there was never, you know, an obvious reason before now making sure that your tax return and your correspondence doesn't get lost in the mail and stacked up with all the other paper that they've got to process, this is the
0: time and this is the reason to file electronically. I mean, and I want to just like reiterate that if you think that you're better protected physically, putting all your stuff in an envelope and shoving it into a postal service or even doing return requests, you know, all that stuff, you're nuts electronic is the way to go. And if you don't know how, I mean, it really, I I can say this, you can't say you're nuts because you're a much nicer person than I am. But really, this is crazy. We're making ourselves nuts for no reason.
1: One other point that I would make on that is from a security and an identity theft protection perspective, filing electronically protects your social security because once you have filed with your own social security number. No other identity thief can file against it. So this is actually counterintuitive, but filing electronically provides you more protection against identity theft than any other method.
0: Well if you've got tax questions, man, it is time. So send us those questions. Ask Jill at JillonMoney dot com. Ask Jill at JillonMoney.com. That is our email address. Tell us if you'd like to come on the program live with us. Mark does everything. It's so much fun. We really would appreciate it. Here's some other things we'd appreciate. We would appreciate if you left us a rating or a review because Mark says it helps. Or maybe just send this podcast to somebody who might be interested and encourage those folks to subscribe. Maybe you're listening on YouTube right now and you want to subscribe, go wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Google Play, wherever. Just make sure you subscribe so you will not miss one episode. So easy. So I hope you enjoy your Saturday. Uh, I know it's going to be warmish weather in some parts of the country, not so much up here in the Northeast. No matter what, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to do something nice for someone else today. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow.